Welcome to America's Commercial Real Estate Show, your source for intel, forecasts, and success strategies. Hello, I am Michael Ball, and I'm so glad you are here with us today. Wherever you're catching the show, around the world or around the country, thank you for being with us. We have a great show for you today, and this segment is brought to you by RealCrowd.com. For commercial real estate crowdfunding, do check out RealCrowd.com. Well, today we're talking about senior housing. My first guest is Beth Mace. She's chief economist with NIC, National Investment Center for Senior Housing. And she's joining us on the phone. Beth, uh, thanks for being with us again. Oh, thank you for having me. I'm really excited to be with you again today, Michael. Thank you. Well, Beth, um, as you know, our audience is going to have people that are very interested in senior housing, and they're also in other types of commercial real estate. So just how big is senior housing as a sector today? Um, in the U.S. right now, we estimate there's probably about 24,000 investment-grade senior housing and care properties, and they would contain about 3 million units. Um, I estimate the value of that investment-grade senior housing and care property market to be about $409 billion. Nice, nice. And it's not big as it's going to be, is it? It's not, when you look at the demographics, I think some people think, well, wow, this is a great time for senior housing, but it's actually going to get bigger, isn't it? Well, that's definitely the case. Certainly one of the draws for a lot of investors to come into the sector is the, is the demographics. But I'd like to um, just mention a little bit to your audience that a lot of um, investors are looking at senior housing these days, looking at the baby boomers. But the baby boomers really are not the current resident of senior housing today. A baby boomer that was, you know, in 2018, a baby boomer um, ranges in age today from 54 to 72. And the typical resident for senior housing is actually, you know, plus um, 80 years old, maybe about 83. So the, the, desi the desirable demographic trends really aren't with us quite yet. Um, if they're today's resident is you know 83 that demographic is growing but it's not growing at great stride just yet yeah if I, mean, I look forward the 75 plus cohort today um is about 20 million people by 2025 will be about 29 million people the 83 plus cohort is eight and a half million people today and by 2025 will be about 10.2 million yeah well that's interesting so you think really we're about 10 years out till it really grows and and the technology changes so much uh, today, and, and it seems to be changing faster every year. How is technology changes impacting senior housing? Um, I think there's a few ways that technology really is affecting senior housing. Um, one is from an operations perspective. Um, you know, lead generation is definitely being delivered over the internet. IT systems, big data are allowing senior management to observe real-time changes in the day-to-day -day performance and operating systems. And then, of course, we have a lot of remote monitoring of residents, um, and that's starting to generate staff efficiencies. From a health and wellness perspective, increasingly we're seeing telehealth and virtual care systems, and that has the potential to reduce health care costs, but also to improve health care coverage by allowing, you know, instant video conferencing at call centers with five doctors. And we see smartphones and appliances, remote sensors, handheld devices, robotics, um, there's a lot of technology that's being advanced, specifically for senior housing. There's a group at MIT called the MIT Aging Lab, which just focuses on technology for seniors. There's an organization called Aging 2.0, which focuses on uh, developing venture capital for technology applications for seniors. So there's a lot of interest in technology 
as it will relate to seniors um, care and housing. Yeah, well, that's interesting because I just put uh, or helped my mother find, I'm say put her anywhere, <laughs> helped her find some senior housing. And uh, it's been a wonderful experience for her and uh, it's really helped her health and her social life. She really loves it. She didn't like the idea in the beginning at all. Now she loves it. But the reason I bring it up is I was a little disappointed in the lack of technology. I think I expected more maybe because we you know the technology is used so much around us, especially in commercial real estate. So it's good to see that maybe by the time the baby booners get there, that we'll have technology kind of in some of these new new centers. Yeah, and I think some of that depends on the on the operator as well. Um, in terms of you know, it's probably like you and me and how you know each of us probably adapt to technology at different different levels and at different paces. And that's probably the case, same case for operators as well. Because there's certainly some operators out there that are fully embracing um, the technology, especially as it relates to big data and the analysis and the interpretation of data and how you can generate greater efficiencies. Yeah, yeah. So I agree with you, though. As time goes on, it's definitely going to be more of a factor, especially because there's labor shortages that are emerging in our sector. That technology will help to... Um, mitigate that labor shortage we're hoping at least to some degree yeah and labor is a big deal for I think all commercial real estate and businesses today and unemployment rates historically uh, low uh, that lower than it's been for many many years we're starting to see some um, rate increases how is labor really impacting senior housing is it a big deal for senior housing yeah, uh, labor is very important for seniors housing because um, it's a very labor-intensive, operationally intensive business. So you, typically for on the expense side, uh, labor and benefits are, are usually come up to almost like two-thirds of the overall operating expenses for an operator. So it's very um, significant uh, contribution to the overall expense load for an operator. And uh, we're seeing shortages of labor at all levels, from the executive director level, who's basically like the CEO of the property, to um, in management positions, and then to the frontline staff as well. So a lot of operators are coming up with some pretty creative plans to try to entice, in, um, uh, entice new labor or new staff to come on board, and then new plans on how to retain that staff to keep them in place. Um, from educational offerings that they're providing their staff to, um, in some cases, educational offerings being provided to staff families to try to draw more um, potential staff into, into individual properties. It's, yeah. it's pretty it's pretty exciting at the same time that it's challenging, but exciting in the sense that I think people are being forced to be pretty innovative, which if you're on the staff side, you know, it's a good time to be a worker, right? Because right. with a national employment rate of 3.9%, you know, as I said, it's a great time to be a worker because there's lots of opportunities out there. Right. And that's one of the risks, I guess, for senior housing. It seems like a pretty safe sector. What are some other risks that uh, investors might want to think about in senior housing? Um, if we sort of step back a little bit, I think, you know, we're definitely in an interest rate environment that's rising. And that has potential to have an impact certainly on the cost of capital, as well as potentially on valuations and on cap rates. Um, that would be a risk. I think another risk is supply. A lot of concerns about supply, um, and especially in certain parts of the country where there's fewer barriers to entry. So, for example, a market in um, Texas, let's say San Antonio, has seen a, an, a significant amount of new supply and it forced its occupancy rates down to the low 70%. 
which will make it challenging for operators to meet their pro formers or for businesses to meet their business plans under that type of a competitive environment. But the flip side is that a place like San Jose has had seen very little development, and that market is able to see occupancy rates in the you know the mid ninety percent. So there has been less supply, for example, in San Jose than in San Antonio, and um, so it's important to look at specific markets. But in general, if I look nationally, supply is definitely a concern, and as a result, we've seen occupancy rates at the national level um, drop. And most recently to 88.3% in the first quarter of 2018. And that's down from the most recent peak of 90.2%, which was the fourth quarter of 2014. And that's the result of new supply outstripping uh, new demand. I see. And how about rates? What do you see for trends there? When you say what kind of rates? For income, mean? for NOI growth or top line. Um, I actually we don't we don't track that data right now, so I can't speak to the NOI uh, data. Although we're in the process of collecting that data, we're not ready to report that information just yet. Okay, and let's talk about cap rates. As you mentioned, we have ex expectations of uh, interest rates uh, increasing, and I think in every sector, people are a little concerned to see what the impact on cap rates will be. And uh, we're talking with Beth Mace, and she's chief economist with NIC National Investment Center for senior housing. So Beth, what do you think the impact of rising interest rates will do with cap rates in senior housing? Well, typically we think that as interest rates go up, cap rates tend to follow the direction of interest rates. And, you know, we've seen the Federal Reserve increase short-term rates uh, fairly, um, you know, 150 basis points or so since they've started to shift from a policy of, of easier monetary policy to a little bit more stricter, tighter monetary policy. And um, we haven't seen too much of an impact yet on cap rates, but it would be my expectation that we'd start to see cap rates increase. But cap rates have had a good run in terms of compression for senior housing. Using data from the NACRES, which is the National Council of Real Estate Investors Fiduciaries, we've seen, um, which is based on appraisal type cap rates, we've seen cap rates go from maybe a 7% type rate in 2012 to about 5.25% most recently. So that's been a pretty significant cap rate compression, again, commensurate with the decline that we've seen, for example, in 10-year Treasury rates. And as a result of that, we've also seen some cap rate, um, the risk premium decline from about 530 basis points back in 2012 to about 250 today. And that's really the result of more capital coming into the sector. Um, senior housing is perceived as a more of an institutional asset type in which to invest more so than it was, we'll say, a decade ago. And that's a result of, you know, there's greater knowledge, there's greater understanding, greater transparency in the sector. There's data that we have available. You have, you know, three of the largest public REITs have been heavily invested in seniors' housing. So it's a much more accepted institutional asset type than it had been. And as a result, that we've seen that cap rate compression and we've seen that risk premium decline. I see. And most of these REITs that are buying and own these uh, senior housing properties, are, are they also operating the businesses? Um, in some cases, they are. In some cases, they're owners, um, and they partner with almost like in a JV structure. There's a structure um, often used called the RIDEA, R-I-D-E-A, RIDEA structure, um, that's used by a lot of the public REITs to create more of a joint venture relationship with their operating partners which allows them to participate in both the ups and the downs in terms of the overall performance of the property. 
much like you'd see joint venture arrangements between private equity groups and operators. Yeah, and Beth, we've talked about some of the some of the risk and things to think about in senior housing, but there's also a lot of benefits in this senior housing. So why aren't institutional investors kind of interested in this sector? Um, I think uh, for a few reasons. One is that senior housing is often diversification to an overall portfolio, be it a real estate portfolio or a broader portfolio that would include stocks and bonds and income as well. And we've seen that it's not doesn't necessarily follow the same uh, pro-business cycle that some of the other property types might do that. And part of that, Michael, is because of uh, the fact that some of seniors housing, especially assisted living, is more of a needs-based product. So if your parent or um, your grandparent falls and, and needs assistance, you can't really delay that um, because of the, where you are in the economic cycle. And because of that, it does offer diversification. It also um, tends to provide, you know, core plus the value-added type investment returns. It, um, if you look at the data that we have, again, from NACREF, and you look at the um, total investment returns for seniors housing for the last 10 years, they're well above those investment returns that you see in overall other property types. So, for example, in the 10 years ending in the first quarter of 2018, the NACREF total investment return was 10.5%. And that's versus or compares to a 6.1% total investment return for the overall, what they call the NPI or the, the um, broader product and property type index, which would include um, multifamily, industrial, office, and um, retail. Wow, that is significant. <laughs> Very significant. Well, Beth, tell us about your national conference coming up uh, in Chicago. Yeah, so that, that's exciting. Um, I've been involved in NIC as an organization for, well, we'll just say more than a decade, <laughs> um, for a fairly long time. And the conference uh, this year, or last year, uh, 2017, we had over 3,000 attendees attend that conference. This year, the conference is from October 17th to 19th um, at the Sheraton Grand in Chicago. And I would anticipate that the you know, equal numbers or more will be attending. And there's a few reasons that people attend the conference. Um, it's really become the who's who of senior housing. So you get the C-suite um, level of um, an organization that attends, and that would be both capital providers and capital seekers, equity, debt, developers, owners, operators. So it's a pretty, it's a pretty good conference. It's an exhausting conference because um, there's educational sessions as well as a lot of meetings that take place. But it's really fun, and um, it's, it's worthwhile. Well, good. Well, I'll, I'll try to be there. October 17th is my birthday, so we can celebrate my birthday. <laughs> That'll be fun. Sounds great. All right. Well, uh, Beth, thanks for joining us. Great information as usual. Thank you for being with us. Thank you for having me. Bye, right. everyone. Thank you. Well, stay tuned. Uh, we're going to have a view of the market from a commercial broker who every second of the day works in the senior housing field. So stay with us. I'm Michael Bull. This is America's Commercial Real Estate Show. We'll be right back. Would you like access to invest in institutional quality commercial real estate with experienced sponsors with small amounts of money? Of course you would. Visit realcrowd.com. Choose between core, core plus, value add, or opportunistic. Visit realcrowd.com.
Check out Valuate, a real estate analysis program that can be easily shared with colleagues online to do what-if analysis. Visit GetValuate.com. That's GetValuate.com. Are you a commercial real estate broker? Check out Apto, the leading web-based CRE software for managing contacts, properties, listings, and deals. Act on the information in your CRM to strengthen your relationships and grow your business. Visit Apto.com slash CRE show. Would you like to be the top producing commercial broker in your office? Check out Michael Bull's video training. Since you're a show listener, you receive 10% off your first purchase. At checkout, use discount code CREshow. Visit commercialagentsuccess.com. Welcome back to America's Commercial Real Estate Show. I am Michael Bull. This segment is brought to you by GetValuate.com. This is a really cool online investment analysis tool. Check it out at GetValuate.com. Today we are talking about senior housing. My next guest is Ernie Anaya, and Ernie is Senior VP with the Senior Housing Group with Bull Realty, and he's joining us in Studio One. Ernie, thanks for being with us. Glad to be here, Michael. Well, Ernie, tell us about demand. You're a broker. You're selling these senior housing properties uh, all over the southeast U.S. every day. What are you seeing for demand for some of the various types of senior housing properties today? Well, there's uh, several types of uh, senior housing properties. So you start with um, senior apartments or 55 plus. Then you go into independent living, assisted living, memory care, nursing home, which also has a hospice component. But I believe that the biggest demand is for the middle sector, which is independent living, assisted living, and memory care. Mm -hmm. Those are the ones that are getting more and more demand. We're seeing multiple offers for any investment grade property that comes to the market. And what that means is that any um, uh, property over 60 units, uh, between 60 and 80 or even higher, are kind of like what's getting the most demand. And getting the most price, okay. the highest value. Okay, and a lot of buyers and sellers, uh, they want to time the, the market and the cycle, and everyone knows and feels like interest rates are going to continue to climb. So how is that impacting cap rates so far in the senior housing world? Well, Michael, as you know, cap rates are to, you know based on the individual market and mm -hmm. also the type of housing, the size, and things like that. Uh, but what we're seeing is a lightly increase in cap rate that is matching the interest rates. Mm -hmm. uh, so as a result of that, uh, 1% or half a percent could mean millions of dollars in losses from a value perspective. Mm -hmm. uh, so from that regard, the demand for senior housing from a resident perspective is still very high, but your value, depending on the cap rate and the interest rates, may vary because of that. Yeah, and it seems like the demographics for senior housing properties are is really, really important that we, you know, as you just heard from uh, Beth Mace with, with Nick, there are some markets that are getting uh, too much supply and some markets that are kind of undersupplied. So Ernie, when a developer wants to, to build on a certain site and uh, you're consulting with them, you know, how, how do you do that? How do you look at to see, hey, should I really be building or buying this property here? Well, to be a developer and be successful, there's different things that you have to consider. Uh, the first thing is location, location, location. And within that, you have to look at unmet demand. Uh, so you want to go into a market that has significant play 
let's say 200 or met demand if you're looking at an 80 unit uh, proposed building because you don't want to absorb more than uh, let's say 70% of that available market. But on top of that, you will need the right demographics. Do you have the income uh, from the household income perspective, the net worth and the housing values because they all contribute to the affordability. So if you cannot uh, afford to pay, then it doesn't matter if you have great unmet demand. So that's, that's the two components. The third component is deciding. You cannot be next to a jail. You cannot be next to a cemetery or not even a hospital. And some people yeah. think, oh, I want to build next to a hospital. Well, if your parents, you're taking them in there and they see a hospital, uh, you probably, they're probably going to have, you know, second thoughts about yeah. why they're going there. Yeah. Uh, so you have to be normally next to a golf course, more on residential area and things of that nature. So but every market is different because if you're looking for the type of uh, residents that want to be more active and be in an urban scenario like a Buckhead, mm -hmm. obviously that's a different type of market versus the ones that want to be more into uh, the community out, you know, more rural or more, you know, uh, suburban, yeah. so to speak. Yeah. Well, is it a buyer's market or a seller's market? I know it depends on the property and where it's located, but overall, is, uh, is there enough demand? Is this a good time uh, if you're a seller? It is a seller's market. Mm -hmm. um, unfortunately, there's not that many, and, and the reason for it is that there's not a lot of available uh, properties on sale right now. Mm -hmm. uh, so most of the market uh, activity is actually from big players. Uh, I just saw, uh, for instance, in Atlanta, they had uh, one of the biggest uh, Chinese banks just bought over a billion dollars, and some of the properties were in Atlanta, but they were national. So they bought a, about a one billion dollar portfolio. Mm -hmm. Those are done, you know, mm -hmm. behind closed doors mm -hmm. in Wall Street and things mm -hmm. of that nature. So not everything is coming to market except mm -hmm. for those smaller ones that nobody knows about. Mm -hmm. uh, but that gives them uh, current uh, owners, especially if they're owner operators, uh, the vision or the picture that look the demand is huge. If you really want to um, get the most out of, leverage the most out of the value right now based on interest rates and cap rates and, and the demand, now is the day, at the time to actually put your, mark, you know, your property yeah. on the market. Yeah, I mean, based on what you're saying and what Beth uh, said, she said that one of the major concerns for the senior housing industry are the rising interest rates and how that could impact uh, cap rates and values moving forward. So if I am a, uh, a owner and I've had my property for a while and I'm thinking, hey, maybe this is the time before interest rates rise further uh, while there's not a lot on the market, what are some tips for me as a seller? Well, the, the biggest mistake that a lot of uh, sellers uh, make, especially more, more of the smaller owner operators is that they try to find any agent that may not know anything about that market. Mm -hmm. uh, and if you don't know that market, if you're not an expert in that market, you're not going to get and the you, best advice. And you meant the sector, the property type more than Correct. the area, right? You're right. Right, the sector, but the yeah. area too, but, yeah. but primarily the sector. Right. So you need to know, you have to have some expertise in senior housing yeah. and understand what's creating the demand and why your property could be sold and at what price. Uh, et cetera. So that, that's key uh, from, from that regard. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense. If I'm going to sell my senior housing property, I want a broker that just does that every day. The same with any larger type of property, whether it's retail or office or medical office. I, you know, you want somebody that does it every day, somebody like you around the country uh, that does that. 
Well, anything else you'd like to leave our audience with related to well, senior I'd housing? I'd like to uh, put a, a, another point yeah. on that, um, uh, and that is that in reality, you need to look at the market, uh, look at the amount demand, just like if you were looking at uh, a new development, because the buyers are going to be looking at what's in the market, what's my competition, what's the age of the properties, what's the amount demand, what is the occupancy, what are the rates, mm -hmm. uh, what is the um, income levels, the net worth, and the housing value. You have to give all that to a, a buyer. Right. Because if you look at a REIT or an institutional investor who's going to be looking at your property, they don't want to do all the research. Yeah. You want, they want somebody who knows all these things yeah. that could put it together and give you the highest value and sell it for the highest and also be able to have a, a database of folks that, that can create a lot of competition uh, to that you have a lot of people competing for that property right. and increase your, your value. Yeah, and that makes sense. And I think sometimes for some sellers, uh, it's hard for them to kind of let go and think about, oh, is it the right time and should I let it go? But I think one thing that uh, I see in your sector and, and in other sectors as well, but maybe more so in this one, is that somebody could build a, a new one close by you and, and it could change your your situation overnight. Definitely. It could even especially be if your especially if your property is a lot older. Yeah. And uh, for for instance, uh, I focus a lot in Atlanta, but also mm -hmm. nationwide. Mm -hmm. So if you look at Atlanta, about eighty percent of the of the properties are over 15, 18 years old. Mm -hmm. So even if that market might be crowded, if I come in with a big uh, newer product, I'm taking market away from you. Yeah. Right. Exactly. So yes. yeah. So it'd be yeah. So if if you think it's time to sell for for the reasons a personal reasons maybe capital stack uh and there is no competition announced or planned right now maybe time to to look at it well ernie what would you leave our audience with related to senior housing i think senior housing is the best market uh, today mm -hmm. if you look at uh, how it compares to retail to multifamily to industrial for the past 10 years it has continued to outpace that uh, other industries and based on uh, the way that uh, the baby boomers are going, even though we're not going into senior housing right now, the boom is going to last for the next 20 years, uh, and uh, we're not uh, building uh, units fast enough. Right now, the average is 30,000 units per year, and the demand is 60,000. So uh, this is a good sector to be in. It's almost re uh, recession-proof. Um, so. You know, that is obviously it's my market, but <laughs> yeah, right. I know it very well. That's right, you do, Ernie. Thanks for being with okay. us. Good information. Thank you. Thank you, Mike. And thank you for joining us around the country, around the world. And uh, let us know what you think. We appreciate that uh, you're sharing the show with, with your colleagues and your connections. And uh, be sure and join us next week. And until then, be sure you always lead, learn, and laugh and join us for America's Commercial Real Estate Show. Invest alongside real estate experts, sponsors who have a successful track record and skin in the game. It's as easy as one, two, three. Learn about the deals, make your investment, and grow your financial wealth. Visit arborcrowd.com. Are you looking to buy, sell, or lease commercial real estate? You're invited to contact Bull Realty for customized asset and occupancy solutions. Call 404-876-1640 or visit bullrealty.com. Promote your business to the U.S. commercial real estate industry. Click advertise at the show website, CREshow.com.